tune in next week on the uh, Daily Motor Only fans to see Charlie eat Chris's fajita meat. Oh, my beard is long. It is. Why is that? Because I usually trim it it. once per week. Thank you. Alyssa Mm. likes it too, and that's why it's still long. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Because I I brought my trimmer on the trip, but then I, I trimmed my neck, which I typically do a few times a week, but I didn't trim this. I typically do once a week, and so this is a few weeks of, of beard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. But uh, me too. Last what year, do you think? <laughs> last year for Christmas, Alyssa got me a beard wash. A beard and, wash. Yeah, like a special beard shampoo thing. It's got like eucalyptus and mint. Oh, and that's shit. polite. Yeah, probably so good for it, your skin. And I everything. think it is. Yeah. yeah, keeps the very polite. Yeah, very nice. Mm. Uh, welcome to episode fifty-eight of the Daily wow. Motor Podcast. We're really getting up there. Yeah. AARP in full force. <laughs> we've already had our corvettes for eight years at this point mm-hmm. chrome wheels automatic transmission personalized yeah. messages on the cluster when you start the car yeah hello mike <laughs> have fun mike is that what it was have fun mike have fun mike that car just sold Good. on uh, bat last mm. week yeah 35 Wait. grand i think 35 grand for a c6 which automatic. is more than they well i mean they they were I should say they were very pleased with the price that they got yeah, for it. Yeah, I believe, especially in the winter. Very pleased. Where'd it go to? Florida? Probably, yeah. Yeah, good Probably. chance. Where'd it go? BAT? I think you yeah, BAT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, bring a trailer for you uh, uncultured folk. We're back. We're, we're back, back from California. We haven't recorded a podcast in... Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. <laughs> the one you guys heard last week, we recorded the week prior, so mm-hmm. we're a little bit rusty. Yeah. We forgot how to make a podcast. Well, I guess we're going to have to find out really quick. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna have to minutes. remember. Yep. Uh, thank you for the nice comments some of you left on the, the Going Out to California podcast. Oh, yeah. Thank One you. of you recommended going to Griffith um, Observatory, and I really wanted to do that. I had tried to do that multiple times with Alyssa and once with Chris, and it never worked out. I was a bit disappointed. We did Part try. of it was because Alyssa and I considered going, and then it said traffic was... It was going to take like an hour and a half to get there. With traffic and we were too busy partying in West Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris went hard in the paint. Chris was out all the time partying, and we drove a lot. We of drove cool a lot stuff. of cars. Yeah. yeah, cool cars, cool roads. We're gonna get to all of that here today. Uh, Unbelievable else? trip. Yeah, yeah. Super great. We'll we'll break that all down. We're gonna go through the cars we've got this week, which are kind of unique as well. They are. Uh, but we should start off with my trip in this morning. I get to drive my truck. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I think a lot of people are still don't know that you traded trucks. Because I think you Did talked I not about it officially. I think that? you talked about it, but it was at the very end of the last podcast. Mm. So I don't think a lot of people are aware. So you should you should just kind of sure yeah yeah, yeah. So quick recap for everyone. Back uh, nearly a year ago, Chris convinced me to buy a 2008 Ford Escape Hybrid. Is that like a year ago already? Almost. It's like April, I think. April on copart and we won the auction i got it for about 1200 bucks or so single owner 300 some thousand mile green escape hybrid i was very happy he didn't have to convince me much i'd always wanted one of those yeah and then recently (laughs) this fall i traded it straight trade for a 2003 ford f350 super duty uh king ranch power stroke six liter six liter that's important yep Mm. and that truck was clapped and then I straight traded it about a month later for a 2003 F250 Super Duty extended yeah, cab 5.4 liter V8. 
gas. And gas. And you know, uh, it is in sonic blue color. And you know what I discovered last night while doing some research? 2003 was the only year for sonic blue. Really? Yeah. Which is, all, it's all fine and dandy and everything to have like a rare truck. But the problem is you can't get parts in that body color, yeah. man. They are nearly impossible. You could use a door and it's... I could use a door. I could use a bed. I could use another door. And I'm not getting any of them in that yeah. in that color. That's for sure. And to be honest with you, I love Sonic Blue, but I don't think it's a great, like, big, tough truck color. I'd yeah, rather true. have maroon or black or something like that. But either way, I'm loving the truck and started right up today, even with its five-year-old battery, and scraped the scraped the snow off with a big shovel. I'm getting it off there. That's good. Yep. Um, Wouldn't want to scratch that perfect paint, though. I hope you were I used careful. the shovel on the windshield. Shovel? You used a shovel on the glass? Yeah, there's a lot of snow, uh, a lot of snow and ice. Oh, like a plastic shovel? Yeah, not, not like a I'm, spade. I'm picturing a spade. I was like, oh my God. No, like a plastic Charlie shovel. Charlie with a spade hitting his ching, ching, ching. <laughs> No, it was like a big like a big old plastic, because it was sitting outside, and it had right, four right. or five inches of snow and ice on it. But yeah, truck started right up. Heat works great. And Good. Frosted the windshield and drove Do it in. Do you heated seats in there or no? no? No. No, it is the XLT Sport package, but no heated seats. Not like my King Ranch had. Gotcha. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to driving that around some this week, testing yeah. out the four-wheel drive, which we're still not, we're, we're pretty sure works, but we haven't really gotten to test it yet. I even was able to back up into the B-lot in unplowed snow in just rear-wheel drive, just like, yeah, probably helps that there's probably about 80 pounds worth of snow in the bed. Helped weigh you down a little. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the bed isn't very on there. structurally Isn't it held sound. on by two-by-fours? There are four by fours in the it, like somewhere so in by, there blocks of wood blocks of wood there yes. are blocks of wood yeah square blocks mount, of wood Cubicle. that are mounting it because i'm assuming the mounting points rusted out something like that or rusted away but i've been doing a lot of research in what one can do to sort of remedy that and scrap it, the truck <laughs> no rude <laughs> <laughs> no it actually will end up probably being fairly similar to what my previous truck was the f-350 just get a big old piece of sheet metal or something weld it in weld it in yeah yeah that makes sense or you could do plywood which i which they've already done no like the whole bed oh, you mean the whole bed. i got yeah, you okay. because not only are not only are there huge yeah, you had like that diamond plate welded into the 350 yeah. right yeah yep 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 uh the not only are there blocks of wood pushing up on the, the bottom of the bed but also there are holes cut out in the bed for where the previous owner had a fifth wheel attachment mm. mounted in there isn't it crazy how rusty cars get up here yeah it's unbelievable you go down to california and you see a similar truck you know like a 2003 f-250 and there's not a speck of rust on it and it's mm -hmm. it's so weird to us obviously anyone listening in the south you know it's just whatever but like having grown up in michigan and just that's just normal to see cars that are 10 plus years old just be totally rusted into the ground like yeah you know yeah no we just kind of 20 year old cars it. like don't even exist anymore like cars will be perfectly running driving vehicles and they have to get scrapped mm -hmm. because the frames are just rotted mm -hmm. yeah next year on chris's and my california trip we plan on driving cars back yes we're booking a one-way next year yep yeah and we're going to purchase vehicles so. which will be a bad influence on me just not coming back <laughs> <laughs> you'll be like why do i need to leave? I, got a, I got a car right here i can live in it <laughs> You'll buy an excursion buy an and you'll excursion simply just live in the back of the beach. start living in it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to park in Malibu on the, there you in go. the public parking on the street and mm -hmm. just sleep there. Yeah, honestly, not the worst idea. Yeah, we could buy a conversion van each year. Yeah, and just and live just, out there. And, and then we don't even have to book an Airbnb. That yeah, can just, just live be in the van. We, we live in the van. Where the press cars, though? Street. <laughs> 
Amos and Tedward will still get a, oh right, uh, you right. Know, get, yeah, yeah, yeah get, true. get a, a house we can park the cars there yeah <laughs> we can live on the street yeah so let us know in the comments what we should purchase next year in LA to drive back because we were thinking excursion, excursion obviously F250 F- F- series truck F- series in general yep. yeah and F150 be smart um, too expedition expedition plausible toyota forerunner and yeah, toyota trucks tacoma tundra even uh, I, I i'm definitely thinking a truck just because like i said i mean every truck up here is just rusted to crap so like people are i, th- I think would be more keen you mentioned a corvette which i think is a good idea in its own way just because they're probably oversaturated down there there's a lot of them you could get them cheaper but at the same time up here nobody drives their Corvettes in the winter. So like Corvettes yeah. up here are still clean. So it would it would more so be getting it cheap because yep. of the market as opposed to rust things. However, so. I think Camaro, older, Camaro. like fortune Camaro, yeah, be be good people those are here, rusted out. Tre- yeah, treat them sh- crappier. Yeah, and Fox body Mustang. Maybe. Fox body, yeah, a lot those of are all rusted out. Yeah, SN95s too. SN95. And yeah, those one. just aren't really worth much though yet. They may, they may be soon. But yeah. Fox yeah. bodies are like, yeah, that's up true. There. Fox body would be smart. Fox bodies are like really dude. And, a, and a Mustang would be great to drive across country yeah. back. I remember in high school when like nice Fox bodies were like five grand yeah. and now they're like 20 grand. That just means SM95 is coming next. They're next. Because yeah. we, well, it's more so me than you, but we grew up with like the SN95 and whatever the one yeah. was after that as being yeah, like whatever. the Mustang of the time. Yeah. So now that people our age are starting now to get they're... to the buying cars, sure. they, yeah, they're going to start going up. My buddy Eric bought a 93 Mustang 5.0 manual in Calypso green, which is a very rare color. Mm-hmm. Um, is it is a 93, so it's the last year of the Fox body. It's like the color of your phone. It's like okay. a, it's like a teal yeah, yeah. green. Mm-hmm. And he paid like three grand for it, and it was a rust-free new motor, like beautiful example that today, wow. if you were to buy it, probably be like a fifteen thousand dollar car. Yeah, yeah. Pretty so, cool. and he sold it. He kicks himself for it, but I think he sold it for like five grand mm. back uh, back in like twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I also like the idea of Miata. The, the downsides are yeah, you have to drive Yeah, a lot of Miatas up here are rusted out. Yeah, but you do have to drive the Miata all the way back That would then. suck. I drove a Miata to Ocean City and back once, and it was the, one of the worst experiences of my life. We did a whole thing. But it was raining. Too. Oh, did, no, you didn't. Okay. I did pretty... Well, I did all of it until it started raining. Okay. I had to pull over on the side of the highway and put the top up because I was getting soaked. Mm. Excuse me. And... Um, it was just sketchy in the rain and in the dark. I was clenched. I like I literally got out of that car and my shoulders were like this. Like <laughs> it was so bad. So no, I, I don't think I'd want to do a Miata cross country. I would want, I would want something cozy for sure. Yeah. Cozy, cushy. Yeah. Um, or if it's going to be sporty, at least, yeah, a little bit more of that like GT sort of deal. Yeah. Even like, like a Lexus SC 300. I was going to say JDM. Yeah. Or like a, or a, or a Lexus well. LS 400, even an IS 300, a GS 300. A lot of, yeah. A lot, a lot of, of those are becoming also really hard to find. Older Honda products. Yeah. Like a, a, a like cleaner civics, yep. civic SI, oh, yeah. things like that. Just find there one that the paint so, hasn't so many deteriorated options. on. And honestly, I don't, I don't think of paint as being a huge deal because it's, it's easier. So it's easy to re- just, well, I shouldn't say it's easy to just repaint a car, but it's easier to repaint a car that isn't rusty. Yeah. Because then you don't have to fill anything. Yes. Unless you have dings and dents and, and whatever, still. but I'll yeah, just paint over those. <laughs> I definitely think we can, we, we can make some money on it and we can make some cool video content. F- picking out the car. Yeah. Getting the car and driving them back. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be cool. Yeah, so I would I would definitely like to do that next year. Also, speaking of fun 
cars for sale before we get into the cars we drove out in LA, I finally got a message on Peggy. Oh. Peggy is listed for sale Peggy's now. for sale, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Should you want a I'm just a sad six Chrysler Town & Country. I'm just as sad as all of you. Yeah. Um, I know you have quite a few subscribers that really, really like Peggy. Mm. Either, I personally know that you do because I've been sent messages about Peggy <laughs> asking how she is and where wow. is she and all, yeah okay I really ought to do a follow-up video maybe we'll do that this week but um because I've never shot I don't think I've ever shot a daily you did a comparo yeah her. yeah you're right yep 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 um but I think that's about it uh yeah one message so quick recap I paid 750 dollars <laughs> for this van back in 2008 and he's put no 17, money into it 2017 I think and I put about I, all in. I'm probably like eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, because okay. I put so a you've new put hatch like on. nothing in. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like the cheapest car ownership ever. And someone today offered me sixteen hundred dollars. Holy crap! Yeah, you should take that. I said no. I need at least nineteen. <laughs> and they did, probably didn't reply to you. No, he did. He said oh. he's getting paid on Friday, and if he can pay for rent and everything else, and get enough money, give it to him up. for sixteen, Charlie. <laughs> if he has to think about rent, Jesus. If he's like a really nice guy, and I, if he's like horrible, then if, like whatever. But if he shows up and he's like a really nice guy, then I like, should I should give it to him. Oh man, thanks so much. Like I really need this. I would give it to him for sixteen. He said, "Let if, me, if it were me, anyways." I, let yeah. me see if I can borrow a little more. I have been saving up, Dude. but I'm not quite there yet. Thank you for your time. I hope I can get back to you soon. Is it a kid? It sounds like a kid. I don't know. I don't get paid till Friday, and I will have to cover rent first. So I will try. Thanks again. This is my. This is. One of my most pride and joy vehicles, Chris. I'm not just going to hand it away for double what I paid for it. <laughs> I know what I have. Jeez. Yeah. So uh, updates on that. We'll see. Let's start a rumor about you hating poor people since you started a rumor about me hating women. <laughs> that rumor was quickly uh, dissolved. That's that true. one didn't catch. Yeah. No one believed me on that one. Yeah, obviously. So our California trip, it was pretty darn cool. We got out there. We stayed in a, an Airbnb in Topanga, which is remarkable to me because for those of you unfamiliar with the greater Los Angeles area, you've got this, you've got this, the largest metropolitan area in the country and the second largest actual incorporated city. New York is larger by population, but the, the, the general LA metro area is the largest in the country. Yeah. Millions and millions of people, like tens of millions right there in that area. Is it really it, tens of millions? I think it's at least 10 million people like within like out in the valley and like down to like Orange County and stuff. And then yet... It's too many. You get like 25 minutes up the road and it feels like you're out in the middle of... Washington. Out, yeah. Like Washington State, Oregon. Like it's literally in the mountains. Everybody's wearing plaid ponchos and has beards and goes to the same coffee shop every day and knows everyone else and they sit down with their newspaper and it's it's such a polar opposite vibe of la yeah and yet it's so close so close it blows me away that more people and i understand you can't live there because it's millions and millions of dollars probably to get get any house yeah yeah i wouldn't live there anyways because there's no cell service can't scroll TikTok very easily. How would I scroll TikTok? No, actually, our Wi-Fi was pretty good, though, wasn't it? Yeah. I feel like it was pretty good. Yeah. And even just the fact that we were going on hiking trails, and Alyssa and I took an hour-long hike and didn't see a single other person. And yet, like, you got these millions of people stuffed in, like, sardines into this concrete jungle, and you could just go right up the street and have this beautiful... I mean, you you yeah. and Emily and I went on this beautiful hike. Yeah. And, and we Alyssa, saw, like, maybe four or five people. Yeah. There were people walking dogs. That right. Was, Lots of dogs. Yeah. 
But so so Topanga was really cool. We got a rental up there, nicely priced, um, beautiful views, hot tub, nice place, really good there. And we picked up at the airport there at LAX a Toyota Mirai, which was the same Charlie one you was had driven. Very excited. Yeah, this was cool. This was a hydrogen vehicle. Yeah, that was a nice little car to drive around. It had uh, that car was great. Yeah, it's it's based. On, yeah. the second gen Mirai here is based on the Lexus LS platform, the same large car platform. I think that's literally what Toyota large, calls it is the large large sedan car, or large, large sedan. car platform, and it is hydrogen powered but it's a hybrid as well so you have a little battery in there that provides a little oomph to get you going yeah and then the hydrogen fuel cell converts hydrogen gas and into takes a hydrogen molecule zips off an electron and then that powers the car and then the byproduct is h2o so chris was able to follow me and just see steam coming out of the back of my car and that was pretty cool. It was pretty quiet. It drives fun. like a Prius that doesn't have a clattery engine that kicks in. Yeah, Charlie liked it a lot because it reminded him of, of his Prius, but it was larger and more comfortable, and the steering was excellent in the way that it was very light and easy to navigate the Topanga Hills. Yeah, well, not only that, that but driving it around L.A. as well, the That's steering true, was light, yeah. and it was kind of peppy and lower speed. So yeah, I liked that car a lot. I mean, you... like, I, I drove one at uh, HQC in Texas, but I yeah. only drove it for maybe an hour combined. I shot it for a Topher and Winding Road. But actually being able to spend some time in one was was nice. I'm definitely glad that we that we went through with getting that car. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is there we saw multiple Mirais, not only at the, oh my at, God. the at the fueling station, but just around the city. There I, saw, I saw a few everywhere. a day. A lot of first gen Mirais. I did not see a single Hyundai Nexo, which is Hyundai. I did. I saw one. Did you? Yes, we were at PEC. I was getting ready to do launch control in the Turbo S, and I looked over, and in the distance on the highway was a rose gold Hyundai Nexo, and I thought Charlie would love to see that, but then immediately I took my foot off the brake and <laughs> blasted away. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's cool. So I, I think Toyota really does have a stronghold on the hydrogen vehicle market. Yeah. We did hear from some owners at the fueling station that fueling is still inconsistent. Sometimes you go to a station, it'll be out of hydrogen yeah. or that simply will not be working. And unlike an electric vehicle, which you could simply plug in at your house, and even if you're just on a wall outlet, it'll get it'll you something. You some, like you could plug right. it in overnight and get a 20 miles of range or something like that, even on a pretty thirsty EV. Right. Hydrogen car, if you're out, you're out. Yeah, it was so funny because Charlie and I were shooting our review, which you all will see soon. And we're like, oh, well, part of our review is we'll go and get hydrogen. Um, because you know neither of us had ever done it we wanted to experience it we're like oh well we'll have plenty of time to be there and you know do the whole thing like no one else is going to be getting hydrogen while we're there we pull in immediately another mirai pulls in like right after we do and we're like okay well that's like a weird coincidence so we'll like back up and we'll let him go well it turns out he wasn't even coming to get hydrogen he was just checking to see if the hydrogen pump was working yeah so Charlie talked to him for a little bit. I'm sitting there. In the meantime, another Mirai pulls in. So we move aside for this lady to go up. And it turns out she's never done it before either. So Charlie had to go help her, even though he's never done it, to go put hydrogen in her Mirai. And then by the time she leaves, we pull up and like three other Mirais pull in. I have a video of it that we're going to put in the review. It's like four Mirais at the gas at the gas station. Well, it was a gas station. It's, it's the fueling station. Fueling station. Well, it was, it was also station, a gasoline though. station. Yeah. Yes. Um. So it was just funny how in our minds we're like, oh, we'll be the only one there. And there were like, ended up being like six Mirais, including us. So I just thought that was funny. Yeah. The fueling experience was remarkably similar to gasoline. Yeah. You simply put on the nozzle. Except it, it's freezing cold. Yeah. Because you got this condensed air going through there and and then it fuels up and you can leave. So I very much like hydrogen as yeah. a fuel. The biggest hurdle right now is 
sourcing the hydrogen because hydrogen doesn't exist naturally because it's such an unstable molecule it wants to become helium or some other uh, ion (laughs) and or i guess molecule um so it takes a lot of energy to create it now someone pointed out on some video i was watching or whatever that if we can oh that's, that's clever there if we can figure out a way to get really cheap power in order to create that hydrogen, then it, it could be justified. Think of this. Out in the desert, oodles of, of uh, solar electricity. So you have this huge solar farm, and then you're using that energy from the sun right. to create hydrogen, to, to break it up water molecules or whatever and get hydrogen and put them away. Then you could take that hydrogen, send it to the, the gas stations, you know, the hydrogen fueling stations, and then that would be a a less expensive and more environmentally friendly to pr- way to provide fuel. But right now, driving a hydrogen vehicle is not particularly practical or particularly cost-effective. But yeah. it is good for the environment because literally the only byproduct is water, which yeah. is really cool. Steam. Steam. And there's yeah. a little button inside you can hit. It's called like purge or something, and it just lets out all the steam. It looks mm-hmm. kind of neat. Yeah. Yep. That's so if you were pulling into your garage or something and you didn't want water to be dripping on the ground as you're in your garage, you can get it out beforehand. Yeah. Yep, it's polite. I think it's more of a party trick than anything. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But it but it does <laughs> But it does serve argument. some purpose. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I wonder how hydrogen cars work in the cold. Cuz what if the steam came out and then just like froze instantly or something? I could see like the condensation on the back of the car becoming an issue, a lot of build up. We wouldn't stuff. know, would we? Cuz they only exist in Southern yeah. California. Right. Well, hmm. Guess we'll find out someday. Yeah, maybe. So that was pretty cool. And we also picked up a base model, poverty spec. Porsche Cayenne. Yeah, base base Cayenne. It's a 22, I think, right? I, think, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, you say poverty spec, but it had like 25 grand in options. Yeah, it, it had air suspension, rear wheel steering, uh, spider wheels, premium plus. So like uh, panoramic moonroof, Bose, heated, heated elements. Um, Although no rear heated seats, which was a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, have, but I actually don't... rear climate. I don't blame them for building a press vehicle without rear stuff because how often is that actually being used right yeah. so if they're going to save money i do think that's smart yeah the rear steering was nice though up in the up in the can like the tight, tight canyons because that thing could, was agile it. and the air suspension was nice because there were times that we were, did yeah. some off-road like hiking and things and we were able to raise it remarkably yeah. high third no i was thinking of the rivian still a significant amount of ground clearance oh yeah it would car. raise way up yeah i like that car it, it was a good all-rounder but i could see like i understand why people buy mercedes bmw cars that are a little bit less driver focused because the cayenne the steering is quite heavy i don't know if it, i don't know how, i never really you, had an issue with it but i recognize it's, that it it's heavy steering it it's like it's like a cx50 yeah yeah it's like what are you doing i just this thing I'm having an going. issue yeah. okay well i'll keep talking about yeah. the cayenne steering mm-hmm. i like the and, and don't get me wrong the steering on the cayenne is excellent when you're actually driving it driving it like yeah. if you're up on like a fast canyon road like it, it there's no other suv in that class that feels as connected as the cayenne and you wouldn't expect anything less from a porsche porsche has a way of making all of their cars feel like porsches the macan the cayenne the panamera the Taycan. they all still kind of feel like a 911 so it was nice in that respect but it kind of became a chore for me maneuvering the cayenne around um, downtown city centers and things also because it shuts off with the auto start stop when you're going like 10 miles an hour still so sometimes when you're coming to a stop and you've got your foot on the brake and the car shuts off and you're like, okay, whatever, I can roll to a halt. But then like maybe the light turns green and you're like, oh crap, I need to change lanes. You don't have power steering and you like have to give it 
something to get it to come back to life and it's like the most obnoxious thing ever wow yeah i had some times where i was like eh, eh, like trying to steer it into another lane because it had mm-hmm. shut off and it, it won't turn back on just from a steering input like some cars do sure okay um so yeah not hmm. the best thing i also had a bit of an issue with the cayenne in that i destroyed the sidewall on it yeah yeah you did do that you you did two tires while we were out there i know it's ridiculous yeah i came off the 110 freeway and there was a remarkably large gap in between <laughs> the highway like of just asphalt nothing. concrete and and then then the, the road i was coming onto. and i didn't i was following my gps i was trying to get where i was going uh, and i didn't really like i was I wasn't in like Michigan watch for potholes. Yeah, I was in California. You don't expect that sort of thing at all. And also, this is a main highway exit. It's not like we were up in Topanga where like the roads had deteriorated from the rain. And it's a fast highway exit too. It's not like not a super There was a green light and I just coasted right through and pow, And I looked down and I got a TPMS light. Yeah. I have never, living in (laughs) Michigan for what, driving age of 11 years, I have never once, knock on wood, destroyed a sidewall before. And then this Porsche Cayenne, which is a remarkably capable off-road SUV. It did have the 21-inch spider wheels, which I think probably is what did it. Yeah. It was was just funny because I went down that same exit ramp in the 911T and... I was like full stop on the brakes because I saw I was going fast too, and I saw it ahead of me. And I've got a Dodge, a, sorry, a Ram truck on my bumper, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, so either I'm going to smash two wheels on this or get rear-ended by a Ram truck. Luckily, he was paying attention and he stopped. Real, he like sure. came to a stop with me, but I went over it at like one mile an hour, and mm-hmm. it was still like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And I was like, dang. And then you sent me that, and I was like, oh, I kind of immediately was like, okay, that's probably where that happened that was unfortunate but then we did go to the porsche experience center which we'll we'll recap more in a minute but we uh, also got to do off-roading in a porsche cayenne and that was remarkable it was really really capable it was impressive it went up super super steep grades it went down a 78 degree grade that means we're only 12 degrees away from vertical we were dangling it was if you guys watch i'm sure um the tofer will have a video up on his channel but if he looked back at all with his POV, you could see Charlie and I dangling with our arms yeah. in the back seat. It was it was a really cool experience. It really was. I was feeling a little nauseous after that. That's understandable. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a little unsettling. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of those off road things. But Cayenne overall, it's a it's a good car. I mean, it's a good I, car. It's just not a great luxury car. It's no, a great no, driver's no. SUV. It's it's and and that's that's just it. I mean, right. if you're if if the number one thing you care about is driving and you have a family. The Cayenne is the car for a you. A smaller family. A smaller, yeah, a family of two, maybe yeah. three. Mm-hmm. You could, you could, you could fit two kids back there. Yeah, but three would be unfortunate. Well, three, including a wife or a uh, husband or yeah, yeah. A whatever. Yeah, um, a, a significant other, I should say. Sure, sure, sure. another adult, other, and then two yeah, kids. another adult and two kids. You'd be fine in a Cayenne. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Porsches are not luxury vehicles. I mean, they are at this point in time, but like that's not their raison d'être that wasn't the reason that porsches are french yeah means reason to be of uh, the 911 the the boxer anything like their driver's cars first and then luxury vehicles so that's what's where the cayenne exists and i agree with you that there are other vehicles in that class that are more luxurious and i mean your cousin's a great example or essentially cousin tori uh who has a cayenne and doesn't love it yeah but he i mean he he runs around around downtown chicago Chicago. so it's not not, a good car for that mm -hmm. hopefully he doesn't have the 21 inch spider wheels no he has he does have 21 inch wheels i think Uh, though well maybe they're 20s they might be 20s i think they're a little bit smaller they're optional wheels though that are pretty big Mm -hmm. um 
Yeah. I and and I I like I said I I felt the same way about the Cayenne and then I I really got it out on a curvy road and I was yeah. like dang this is well I was leading impressive. you guys at one point through the canyons yeah. and you were in like you were, the Corolla or something like 911 yeah. or something like that and yeah. I was just sending it also I will say excuse me bless you hungry burp that I've heard with the Porsche SUVs anything below the S is kind of not that good. I've heard that too. I bet you the Cayenne S would be quite a bit better. Yeah. Well, I think it's the same motor actually. Oh, it is. Emily it's... has brought me some lunch. Oh, good. Did she bring me some too? Well, it's, it was just leftovers. She didn't actually go and buy anything. Mm-hmm. But if you'd like some of my fajita meat, I suppose you can have some. Tune in next week on the uh, Daily Motor OnlyFans to see Charlie eat Chris's fajita meat. All right. And with that, I'll be right back. Yep. Hey, everybody. It's Charlie, Daily Motor. No, it's not. Then you're Chris. No, you're Chris. We just switched. We're in an alternate dimension now. Gaslighting the listeners? <laughs> Maybe. I have uh, two people interested in that cabinet out there this week. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Get that sold. Okay. 50 bucks? I told you you'd be able to. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, glad, you, I'm glad you recommended that because I was legitimately going to just toss in the dumpster. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been throwing away $50. Yep. Silly me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're back. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, next... We, we turned in the Mirai and got to drive the all-new 2023 Toyota GR Corolla. Yeah. Core trim. Yeah. That car is pretty cool. It's very cool. Yeah. We need more cars like that. Yes. I really commend every Toyota. Every company, every manufacturer needs to make one. And actually, a lot of them are now. Yeah. Because we went through a period where we didn't have a lot of hot hatches. But now we have the GR Corolla. We've got the Civic SI and Type R. We've got the Golf GTI and R. We've those got all of the minis, of the golf and the minis. They, those have all always been around. And we have the, all the Hyundai. In. Yeah, we've got all the Hyundai N cars. We've got Subaru WRX. Forte GT. Ford, Kia Forte GT. There are a lot of options now. And we went through a period when like Ford you know, killed all their... Everyone hot, dipped. Hot, yeah, everyone dipped for a second. And I, I want to thank hyundai i think for kind of re like lighting a fire under everyone with mm. the velosteran yeah yeah velosteran really turned everything up because yeah interestingly hyundai and kia actually had made decently sporty versions of their smaller cars for many yeah, but years before they that. do a horrible job branding them yeah they yeah. Just really crappy job branding and kia still does a poor job branding it <laughs> but hyundai got smart yeah and they did this whole end side brand and it's actually done really really well you getting a phone call no no oh, okay the GR Corolla is not the perfect car for everyone, but it is quite fun. It's not as quick and fast as you might think reading 300 horsepower. I mean, 300 horsepower is probably just what they were able to achieve at the crank because they wanted to hit that magic number. They didn't want to push, publish like 296 or something. Right. They wanted to get to a, to something they could report as 300 horse, hit that magic magic third digit there. But you're putting it to an all-wheel drive powertrain, and it's a Toyota, so it's not always as as peppy as some of the other brands. So it, it does. It's not going to pull as strong as something like the Civic Type R. I bet you in a drag race. So I should say in a roll race, even the Hyundai cars would be faster. Oh yeah, definitely. But it's a fun amount of power because it's a three-cylinder, so yeah. it sounds different than everything sounds else very on the cool. market. Yeah. And the exhaust can sometimes can be a little boomy, but 
it was overall fun, and the manual transmission is surprisingly good. It's very good. Yeah. Clutch. Oh, actually, you know what? The steering is quite light. Steering is very light. Very, very it's light. still pretty communicative. Um, clutch shifter feel is great. I like the steering feel, even though it is a little bit light, and I just overall really enjoyed that car. Mm-hmm. Um, it was such a fun little package. Did I we would... shoot a review on that? We did, right? Yes. Yeah. I would so much rather have that car over a Subaru WRX. Oh, me too. And there's not to say there aren't things about the WRX I enjoy and might even like better. Yeah. But you can't hear the motor in the WRX. That's right. So when it comes time to shift, you never know what's going on. I in, the, think, in the Corolla, you can hear it. Yeah. The, it's, it would be a struggle to recommend. I feel like, honestly, as a daily driver, I may still recommend the WRX. Yeah, because it rides better. Because it, it rides better. It's, it's a not little as bit boomy. bigger. It's not as boomy. Um, and I, I, and I feel like there are more places to put things also in the WRX. Few, few places but, for things but, in but, the Corolla. But, but. I love, I, I like the GR Corolla. It's better to drive. And I think that if, if, if someone like lived up in the canyons or even if someone was like, hey, I want something that's like just straight up really fun. I don't care about being, you know, overly comfortable than GR Corolla. Yeah. I think it would be smart for Corolla to take, for Corolla, for Toyota <laughs> to take the Corolla Apex, put the, put a tuned down version of the three cylinder yeah. in it. Give it like and 220 actually, horsepower. Yeah. Because right now Toyota essentially has a focus and then a focus rs with no focus there's ST no in ST, the right yeah, yeah yeah so make a front wheel drive corolla with be 200 awesome. and some you know 40 horse yeah and a manual transmission it'd be really really cool it would be sweet yeah. yeah because you drive the manual corolla hatch right now the base one yeah. and it's like yeah whatever it's kind of fun but it's just and a lot of companies are, are doing this kind of mid-grade honda has yeah. the civic si well if, yeah volkswagen has the gti mm-hmm. uh even hyundai has the n-line, n-line. cars which mm-hmm. are kind of that 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 middle point so yeah i agree with you that it'd be cool if toyota yeah. would take the apex and 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 make it that. ride nicely because there are people like my father who like the idea of this corolla uh, gr the gr corolla but He's not going to want to live with that. Yeah. Sort of, he, he wants Cushier. My dad lived with a Focus RS. He did uh, daily yeah. Focus RS for three years. Yeah. So, And that mm-hmm. I think the Focus RS is even more harsh than the I think Corolla. So too. Yeah, although you, you definitely have to drive them back to back. But yeah, I, I, yeah, overall, I agree with you. Yep. The GR Corolla also has a slightly better turning radius than the Focus RS. Yes. I think the Focus RS has possibly the worst turning radius that ever. It's a horrible turning radius. Yeah. Yes. Really it is. bad. Then. We picked up a 2020 Lamborghini <laughs> Huracan STO. And for those of you unfamiliar with the STO version of the Huracan, it is the top dog Huracan. It is it was four hundred. It looks like the race $10, car. Ten thousand dollars. It does. I was watching yeah, the. Um, it looks like the race car. Uh, the twenty four hours of of Daytona was on this yeah, weekend, and I watched like a little bit, STO. and it, it looks just like the, the the race car they use there. It's got big old hood scoops, no frunk, huge wing. And it was a lot of fun to drive for all of 35 miles. I was going to say one of the other features is that it had a nail in the tire. Yeah. yeah. You know what would kind of be interesting is if maybe like the nail was in there when we got the car and it just came out. And it came out. As we were yeah. driving it more aggressively. Yeah. But no, more realistically, we ran over a nail. And fortunately, thank goodness, we were able Very to limp it back yeah. to, the, to the dealer and had a fun hour and a half. Back. I was gonna say we we're we we're ripping the canyons. Charlie's in the Huracan because you have to be 25 to drive a Lamborghini. I'm 24, so I couldn't do it. But I was behind him in the GR Corolla, having a blast. You know, just absolutely 10 tenthsing this GR Corolla to keep as up I'm with like the coasting through as the- Charlie's <laughs> coasting. I'm like hitting red line in every gear, like just banging gears. Um, and anyways, we're like we're like okay, you know, let's go back to the the Airbnb and we'll meet up with um, the Topher and Tedward because they were they were just getting in. 
And um, all of a sudden, Charlie like abruptly pulls over and I'm like, oh, maybe he has to vomit. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and he gets out and he just gives me the <laughs> look. And I'm like, is the check engine light on? Did something blow up? I'm like, what's going on? And he goes, I have a flat tire. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is how we're going to start off Lamborghini mm-hmm. uh, borrow ship, borrowership. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but luckily, Lamborghini PR is awesome and got us into yeah. the Technica a few Super days later. Gangster. So Shout we were still able to have our full Lamborghini experience. Yeah. Um, same. I mean, her kind of the Technica aren't that different. Yeah. I mean, the, you the know. STO and the And they were the same color. Yeah, it looks similar. Yeah. Uh, only a hundred thousand dollar difference. Jeez, I know. Well, but you still get the glorious V10 motor. Same motor, in the back, so yeah. whatever. Same amount of power too, right? I Isn't think the so. STO just more aero stuff? I think so. I mean, there's probably a lot more underneath that we're well, that we're right. Not that we're, that we're down giving credit to. We yeah. just we just want to feel better about <laughs> the fact that we lost out on, lost STO, out on the STO time. Yeah, because they had well, offered us both. You didn't. Everyone know, else. But did. I still would have had a little more time. That's I mean, true. but yeah. yeah, that was a glorious hour or so of just that car was insane yeah the so ride fast. quality in sport mode was you were practically riding on corsa just, you mean corsa I, we didn't go into full corsa because there was sto something in the middle and strata? then corsa strata probably no strata street i think it was sto sport and corsa okay. and i will check the video yeah, whatever. but either way whatever because whatever one wasn't the base mode it was it was bumpy yeah Very bumpy. that, that car, car was, was awesome cool. i'm glad that Very we got to experience me it. too and um mm-hmm. and yeah. got two videos out of it the universe has a mysterious ways of making sure things go right you never know maybe we would have pulled out and just absolutely ran into Driven some silverado or something like that if, if it hadn't happened <laughs> right so, so yeah dropped so, it back off at the dealer which mm-hmm. is where we got the car from even though it was a press car yeah and uh went back home in the gr corolla to find two other cars yes two new cars that the Topher and tedward had picked up at LA from the airport and brought home the first one was the 2023 porsche 911 t in python green with a seven speed manual transmission pretty low option car besides the six thousand dollar 911 t interior package which gives you sport seats with partial leather and partial cloth this was a German spec car, so it didn't have a backup camera or working navigation. So we were a little bit flustered at first to be like, why is this car having so many electrical issues? But it turns out that it was just a German spec car and that we were the idiots. It was uh, VIN number four, like 00004. Mm-hmm. Very low. So super early production car. I'm sure it'll end up back in Europe at some point. So we won't uh, have a chance to purchase it in the future. Which is a shame because it was actually my favorite car. I was going to say it was Charlie's favorite car. So that it, yeah. it, it not was favorite, a great my, car. my favorite car, but my favorite car to drive. Favorite, favorite car to drive. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was really, really good. I would really like to drive a 911 Carrera T and a base Carrera back to back and just kind of see like, does the T really matter? Yeah. What's the price difference on the T the versus dif- the regular? I think it's like a like a ten to fifteen thousand dollar price bump okay. for the that T. That is horrible. And all you're losing is like fifteen pounds or something. I like, like the that. sticker on the door that says Carrera T. Yeah, it does kind of show that you actually care about driving rather than you just care about owning a nine eleven. And you can probably well Python Green's probably the same. I don't know. Can you get Python Green on a regular probably, car without I it mean, being paint a sample? Porsche, you, Porsche you might have to go paint a sample on a base Carrera to get Python Green. They give you a lot of cool things. Let's see. But yeah, that car was awesome. I mean very just about as pure as you can get in 2023 from uh, from Porsche for a 911. So, oh yeah, there it was right at the top. 
And now I'm just hoping that I think the screen should work. Uh, well, if they don't, then we apologize to everyone. It's a, I was very close, $10,500 price jump to get the T. So you want to know if you can get Python. Our car was only, in... yeah, build the, build a base model car. Can you get a manual in a, I don't think you can. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you can, Charlie. Yes, you can. I really don't think you can. Well, we're going to find out right here. Python green is a special color. Okay, so that's how much you pay for it on the T as well, thirty-two seventy. Okay, and then there's paint. Eleven to grand for paint to sample. Jeez. I. That's why you get the T, so you can get a manual. Are you serious? You can't get a manual. No. Base Carrera anymore. No. That's ridiculous. You haven't been able to literally since nine nine two has been a thing. Wow. That's. You didn't know that? No, I didn't. That's really sad. I mean, I guess I'm sure if I like really dug into my memory, maybe I've just blocked it out. Yeah, that's why you get the T, so you can get a manual. Mm, that makes more sense. Or the S. You, you can get a manual career S. I think yeah. you just you just can't get the base anymore. That's how they get you. Mm. How much does the S cost? So you can spend an extra... It's not that much Like more. seven grand over a T to get an S, and that gets you 443 yeah. horse rather than 379. It's a pretty significant jump. It or you could just throw a tune on your... Uh, yeah, because it should be the same <laughs> motor. Is it still a three liter yeah, in the S? Yeah, pretty sure. Um, text back. Three liter, 443 horse. Max engine speed, 7,500. 390 pound feet. Might rev a little higher. Did, Might, our, yeah, did the Carrera T rev? I don't think it revved to 7,500. I think it revved a little. Well, maybe it did. Well, we can I find think out it right here with the... Uh, you can tell we're very educated on these cars. <laughs> yeah, 7,500. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was it was a great thing. An ins- incredible amount of grip. I yeah. Mean, so much grip. Well, and just such a great driving experience. There's such... If you've never driven a Porsche, especially driven one aggressively... The communication between the car and you and you and the car is just, there's no other, there's no equal to that. It's so good. 4S. 4S cab, Targa 4, Targa 4S, Dude, GTS. Ooh, now there's just so GTS. many freaking Porsches. Yeah, 3.2 seconds, 0 to 60 with the it's GTS. so fast. Yeah. GTS cab, 4 GTS, 4 GTS cab, Targa 4 GTS, 911 edition 50 years porsche design where are the where's the turbo and everything in the gt that's a whole separate model you know here and then 911 dakar 911 gt3 gt3 rs sport classic turbo yeah what on earth yeah if, if you go to 911 and go all models it's quite overwhelming <clears throat> 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. 26 different Porsche models just on their website. A lot of Tycons. Jeez. Yeah. There are 10 Tycons. <laughs> and, ooh, a lot oh, my of God. Oh, my God. Three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, twenty-one, twenty-four 15, 18, 21, 24 There's only four Macans. Look at, all, look at the Cayennes. <laughs> 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 19 Cayennes. Porsche just, they want to make sure that they've got the right car for you. Yeah, but I mean, it's cool because they let you customize so many things. So let's go back to the Carrera T real quick. Throw it in the build your Porsche. Would you have Python green? No. Oh, give me Ruby Rose. Or Ruby. I, I would be tempted with Ruby Shark Star. Sorry, Blue. Ruby Star. Ruby Star? Yeah, it's to the left. Ruby Star Neo. Yeah. That's cool. There that we a, go. That is a pink Porsche. That's very nice. Yep. That's like an iconic color. It's been around for a long time. Realistically, I'd probably pick Gentian Blue because it's a heck of a lot cheaper, but Ruby Star Yo, Neo Charlie, is pretty sweet. Charlie, if you're spending 100 and 
Then I'm going to be poor and I need money for fuel. Oh, my God. Um, I would use the 2021 base wheels. Yeah, although there's I, like some I like cool those wheels. wheels. This, oh, what are those? This wheel would look really cool on this car. Oh. Yeah, five-spoke, yeah, rare cool. exclusive design wheels. And don't need to paint them. Don't need them. See, they just give you so many different options. It's over. It's borderline overwhelming. I mean, you can color selection for your stitching. Can we get Ruby Star? Um, <laughs> that's guards red. It doesn't look like you can get Ruby Star. No, I'd just get like gray or something then. Yeah. And then you got all these. I mean, down to things like window triangle trims in carbon fiber, and motorsport stripe decal on top in black. Then you get into yeah. all, I mean, that's just appearance type things. And then you get your seat belts in various you think colors. Maybe the reason our sport chrono stopwatch. And the reason colors. our career T was such a low spec is because whoever was specking it got overwhelmed and they were like, ah, <laughs> just give me the, give me the good interior. And that's it. That's quite possible. Although they also probably just didn't want it to be $300,000. That's true. <laughs> you can even get the Burmester high end surround system in the career T. Yeah. I, I quite liked the Carrera T. I thought it was really good for our type of driving experience. You don't have to, you can push it really, really hard, but you don't have to, no. to really enjoy driving. I kind of was trying to think of it as like if you want the rawness of a GT3 but don't want to spend 300 grand. Yes, but that's also the GTS. That's the one to get then. Yeah, but that's like 200 grand. Yeah, like 180 something, but you're still or not you spending spend 300 grand. 120 and still get a bright color, still get kind of that Porsche heritage and get the uh, career T. Yeah. You're still getting a good driving experience. Yeah. Yeah. Really what it is, is if you want a base 911 and a manual, then you have to get the career T. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Career, uh, Porsche wanted to charge you extra for the manual, but didn't want to get the bad flack for not for charging you extra to get the manual. Yes. So they just came out. So there's model. a whole new model. <laughs> yeah. So that was really cool. And as you mentioned, we also got at that day, the, what else? The truck <laughs> Is it the Mercedes? Yeah. Mercedes SL, we got that on the first. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, see, I would blocked this one out. Yeah. The Mercedes the AMG Man. EQS. The egg. It's all electric. It's very powerful. So fast. Very heavy. Looks a bit like an egg and a computer mouse. Had a fun night together in a hotel room. Oh, that's a good comparison. Thank you. I think it, yeah, yeah, computer mouse. Mm-hmm. And the technology is a bit overwhelming inside. The big screen that we don't love from the normal EQS it's admittedly a car that if you lived and owned and spent more time with, you'd probably enjoy a little bit more. Yeah. But it's just not my favorite execution of a large vehicle like that. I would take the BMW i7. No, and we're looking forward to allegedly Mercedes is killing the EQS name and the EV S-Class will just be S-Class. Just be an S-Class EV, EV or so whatever. Yeah. We're hoping that with doing that and with changing the name, they'll kind of go same direction bmw has with the 760i and the i7 yeah because we love the s class we don't love the eqs and it was the same story with the amg it was very fast mm -hmm. but all the same sort of things that we didn't like about the eqs 580 we also didn't like about the amg eqs the other thing is that product was very capable could push it really hard as fast and everything but nothing about it sparked driving enjoyment no and the thing is amg is capable of doing that because i've spent time in the amg gt the four-door charlie's AMG a car. big enthusiast of that car it's one of my favorite cars ever mm. because that thing drives practically like the coupe 
it's amazing that they can get that performance out of a four-door car and there's more room in the back there's like a ton of room in the back of the amg gt car yeah and and the amg eqs you have to not have a full-sized head to sit in the back seat and it's just a (laughs) shame pillows charlie the pillows it's a shame that that car doesn't do more for the soul yeah it's kind of a meh it's a it's a downer if you're looking to find an ev that has some soul don't go out and drive the amg eqs because it will crush your dreams yes good way to put it then we did a little trading out a few days later and we received the mercedes amg sl 63 yes i had actually never driven a mercedes sl before but i'd always been a fan of the idea yeah i had neither no though okay fair enough I've been shopping for SLs for as long as I can remember, but I don't think I've ever driven one. Wow. Yeah. That's weird to think about. But everything we know of the SL is Maybe I drove Tori. I made a driven Tories. Essentially sporty luxury, if you will, SL. I mean, it really is supposed to be, yeah, you can go fast, but you don't have to. And that's how this car was. It was very capable of being flogged, but the big torquey four liter V8 was a little bit more subdued than it is in the other amg cars but still very powerful and you put quite a few miles on it i was gonna say down nearly all the time it's telling that out of all the cars that we had in the driveway when i was having to go out and drive into town the car i picked every time was the sl63 because it was just so comfortable you could put the roof down the sound system was excellent the ambient lighting was excellent i there was really nothing about that car that i didn't like oh except the door handles yeah i didn't like the door with handles. these new mercedes door handles they, they have to have come it. out at you and they're but not then they retract and you can't get them back out yeah you have to sort of like unlock to the like, car or something or reach in or use the key and one time it was either you or, or was tedward me. was trying to open it it, and was it just wasn't opening the handle was out oh really okay yeah. that might have been tedward then yeah and then tedward also had an ex- in a situation where he tried to use the front end lift that's in the infotainment screen and he pressed the button to do it and it's just blank nothing I was had happening. A, we're standing there like it's supposed to be right here we were up in the hills I was driving the 911T. You were in the SL. We swapped. You left the keys in the SL with the roof down, but the windows were up. The (laughs) car, even though the key was in it, retracted its door handles. And since the key was in it, wouldn't they wouldn't come Mm. back out? So I'm I'm standing there. You were watching me. I think you were laughing at me because I was like getting ready to shoot the winding road drive, and I'm like hitting the door handle. Like, come on, please. And I after a couple minutes, it finally popped out. I don't know what I did that made it pop out, but yeah. I was literally there hitting the door handle for like two minutes. Definitely but, similar to the EQS. It was an experience that once we spent more time with the car, got a little bit more acclimated yeah. with the infotainment and just the technology in general. It grew on us a bit. Yeah, and also I made sense of the two little knobs on the steering wheel oh yeah because i didn't understand how well well, the one on the right is just drive modes that's very straightforward but the one on the left it's a knob with two buttons and you can toggle through different functions different functions which i which was great for me because i am a paddle shifting enthusiast and you have to lock that sl into manual mode Mm -hmm. and you can't do that with the shifter you have to do it either in the infotainment or this is not um, new for mercedes you've always had to put it in lock it into manual mode but yeah yeah. there's nothing in the center console like other Mercedes. you have to do it on the either in the the steering wheel wheel or in the infotainment so Mm -hmm. um, if you watch the winding road day drive you'll see me getting very frustrated with the car kept shifting for me and i literally figured out at the end of the video i was like oh you gotta Mm -hmm. lock it into manual but whatever yeah um Oh, uh, great car yeah I, like, I just i had such a good time and i think it sounded awesome it also cost over two hundred thousand dollars. yeah it wasn't quite expensive 
But yeah. SLs have always SLs been, have yeah, always, SLs been, have very always been like two hundred grand and adjusted for inflation. Another thing this car had, which was interesting, is the infotainment screen, which is again very large and also very square. Yeah. It could actually uh, uh, change its angle. It could kind of go into the dash or come nearly upright at you. And I thought that was silly until. Oh, I didn't know you actually found use of it. When the when you have the top down and mm. the sun is shining, if it's if the screen is more flat, you can't really see it because of the glare of the sun. But if you tilt it up, oh. it removes the glare. I never noticed that, but that's great. I'm glad I'm glad you found yeah. use for it because mm-hmm. we don't have to make fun of it. And there's even a setting in there that says when that when you open the top, it'll automatically, it'll automatically do it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that was a good car. I I do feel for Mercedes sometimes with and and other car brands as well, but mostly Mercedes because they're doing all this crazy stuff with technology and then these journalists spend you know, maybe a week with the car. If they're a good journalist, they drive that car a lot in the week, but if they're not, yeah. they drive it for 50 minutes sure. and then shoot a, shoot a write a review. Right. And they haven't gotten acclimated with the car properly. They haven't used it as an owner. Yeah. And we're not totally innocent of that as well. There are no. definitely times when we get in a car and we express frustration. But yeah. if you're shopping for a car like that, just know that you might need to give it some benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And I, I said that almost exactly at the end of our EQS review. It's like, look, like we only spend a limited amount of time with these cars, and it can be very overwhelming with all of this tech. And Mercedes is the biggest offender. Not, not really offender, but they're the biggest culprit. culprit of this is that they put so much tech and so much so many things that you can personalize in the cars that we don't really get to experience all of it. And usually by the end of the week we go, okay, you know, like this is okay, but it's very overwhelming at first. And I definitely found that with the SL and with the AMG EQS, which I kind of regret shooting my winding road drive on the SL after like literally having driven it for 20 minutes, but whatever. They so It'll all the viewers will still Canyon Blast. Canyon, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we can get one here. Is there going to be an SL you think in Detroit? Yeah, yeah. But, um, great car it's it was it it was i i I don't want to pivot yet from the conversation so what we were just having because i had a similar conversation with mazda pr when we were at their event later on this week about how we appreciate how often we get into mazda vehicles because it builds a familiarity with them because mazda is really good with their pr team and it helps that their fleet is so small if not many models of cars but we drive pretty much all of their cars every year and the pr person pointed out that Upon first use, their infotainment can be kind of confusing and overwhelming because journalists, he's like, always just want to get in and touch the screen it's and stuff. A knob, yeah. But the Mazdas are rotary knob only. It's because no journalists have ever owned an E93 series and they don't know how to use a knob. Yes, exactly. But by getting many, getting a lot of time in these Mazdas, we come to know how they work and get familiar with them. And that way, when we get in a new Mazda that has the same system, it doesn't matter that the car is new, just get right in it. So all of that is to say is Mercedes long termer. Ooh, I yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for long-term Could Mercedes, long, we'll get very familiar with long-term their long-term SL. Oh my god, I would never <laughs> stop driving. Mercedes would be like, "Why is there fifty thousand miles on this car after a year?" Oh, Chris was taking it to Chicago and back every weekend. <laughs> god, I yeah, I need an SL in my life. Okay, yeah, right. you heard it here first, kids. Anyway, did you want to recap on the SL? No, I, I yeah. just love it. Yeah, and it was yellow. Yeah, it was yellow, but it shouldn't have been. Yes, it should have been for us. Mm. No, I disagree. The, the SL is a pretty car. It's a classy car, and it, Charlie, shouldn't, it shouldn't have a look-at-me yellow on it. Charlie, but we only drove it for a week. I know, but it shouldn't have been yellow. It should have been blue or silver If or we something. were to own one, obviously we'd want it to be blue. SL just shouldn't be in yellow. Okay, I liked the yellow. I thought it was cool. 
Also, I got multiple compliments driving that car. Mm -hmm. None of the other cars we drove this week, and you'll hear about the other ones in a second, but I got so many compliments in this SL. Like, you're just driving around with the roof down is probably, you know, people were, I I was easily accessible for them to be like, nice car. But um, you would have gotten more compliments if it weren't yellow. Nope. Disagree. People like yellow cars. I don't particularly like yellow cars, but I liked that the short term SL was yellow. Also, the yellow, the yellow wasn't strong enough because was we like parked this. it next to our other... No, it, it actually isn't. Oh, no, it isn't this. Because Sorry. we did park this it next is, to um, that car. This is racing yellow. And that was a better yellow. Yeah, this is racing yellow. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Speaking of the car that Chris has in his hand... GT2 RS, baby. We had a similar spec car. We had the Porsche GT4 RS after the 911 oh, went away. Maybe get, we should be ending with this car. I was going to say, I'm going to get a little too excited if you bring that up already. But we got but in. We're getting to it, though, aren't we? Yeah, we are going right SL in. SL and 911T gone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, GT4 RS was right there. It was, after. It was in there. Yeah. What an engine. Truly remarkable. Four liters of Fury, 9,000 RPM of Fury, 493 horsepower. PDK, carbon it, seats. It's a great mm. example of a car that I literally do not care about the numbers because all no, I, I care either. about is hearing that car scream. The only and, number I care about is 9,000. Yep. Yeah, yeah that 9,000 RPM <laughs> red line because it's so loud. There's such little sound deadening behind you in this in this mid-engine car that once you hit about six 7,000 RPM, you're like, whoa, I'm it's really deafening. I'm really going. And then it's like, just kidding. You got 2,000 more RPM. Yeah, I kept re- short shifting up. it because yeah. I'm like, you know, used to shifting Porsches at 7,000 and then mm-hmm. you're just... The car will short God. shift itself too. If you're driving in normal like uh, like PDK, just yeah. do it itself mode. It'll short shift unless you're really ringing it. Yeah. But not only is the engine spectacular, but the driving experience so telepathic. I mean, take everything from that 911 and sharpen it. And just every turn, every shift, Can I, every break experience, it's just... I have a hot take, Charlie. Okay. I prefer Caymans over 911s. I know. Yeah, that's that's okay. It's not just because I own a Cayman. I just, I like driving Caymans more than I like driving 911s. Well, sorry, Porsche, but, and Porsche knows this, it's just one minute, the, the mid-engine car is the better layout. So you also car. prefer Caymans to 911s? I don't know. I Are we talking holistically yeah. as a vehicle? No, I'd rather have a 911. Okay. It's just more unique. Um, But Caymans are more practical, except for the rear seat situation. And you know me. (laughs) I am a four-seat enthusiast. You can't really use a backseat. I guess for a child, you could. A child, or if, like, you just wanted to sit Sit across it or something. Sit across, or, like, you could move the passenger seat way forward, and you could just, like, hobble in. Especially a a cab, 911 cab. Because the headroom. Headroom's not an issue. And you are a... Convertible. Chair's a little squeaky today. You are an enthusiast of vehicles with no roof. Yes. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. But the GT4 RS is probably the, like if they put the same I, amount of power in a GT4 RS and a GT3 RS, the GT4 RS would probably be the faster that car. That might be my perfect car. You know how the Topher always talks about, like we're on this journey to find the perfect car. I feel mm-hmm. like I already found it with the GT4 RS. They took the front end suspension geometry out of, I want to say the 991.2 GT3 RS and put it in the gt4 rs gotcha that's what one of the reasons it makes it so good i liked the alcantara steering wheel because it soaked up the sweat yeah or race text sorry i can't wait to edit my videos on that car i know i know i need to i haven't even opened my laptop 
because I yesterday, admittedly, I sat around and did nothing. Yeah, so did I. Um, yeah, you also slept for thirteen hours. I did. Okay, well, I didn't sleep for like four days. Like I slept for like a few hours at a time, but I was just going and going and going. And by the time we got home yesterday or two days ago, I was just like, mm-hmm. put me down. Yeah, yeah. yeah so down I slept for count. thirteen hours. I slept from ten. What would a thir- what thirteen hours have been? I, no, I slept from yeah ten p.m. to. 11 a.m. Wow, that's yeah. remarkable. What time did you go to bed last night? Late. Mm. That's why you were, had trouble getting in here by noon. <laughs> yeah. I also had to rely on Emily to drive me because she picked me up from the airport and then yeah, I then yeah. didn't have a car at her house. Mm-hmm. So then she had to drive me here today to pick up whatever. Yeah. Which we'll get to later. Cars were driving this week. but Right. So, yeah. all right, we got through Anyways, GT4RS, <laughs> awesome car, one of the best ever. It's the best No thing. big surprise. I I'd would still be, rather have a 911 you know, GT3, you know but... what my perfect garage would be? Um, let me guess. Are we just three new car, car? No, two, three, two brand new cars. Just two? Yeah. Oh, two brand new cars. Two car garage, both of them are brand new. So it can't be an LFA. And I, no. Well, I mean, obviously LFA is ideal, but I, okay, picture this, okay? I live in Southern California, oh, okay. and I've got a two-car solution. All right, well, one of them's the GT4RS. Right, okay, so you're 50% right. GR Corolla? No. Yeah. LC500 convertible. Oh. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Yep. Because mm-hmm. LC is super comfortable. It does have a back seat, and you mm-hmm. can take the roof off. Yeah. And then when you want to just go drive like And a you would always just have the roof down. Yeah. There'd be it no would park in the to... garage with yeah. the roof down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And a GT4 RS, and you'd be in for like... 300 grand for both cars. I was going to say, the crazy thing well, is... Well, actually, could... it'd probably be 400 grand, because the cheapest GT4 RS right now is like 290,000. Let's just go off MSRP though. Okay. Yeah. MSRP or three hundred thousand dollar garage. Yeah. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is you could have that, <clears throat> or you could just have a nine eleven GT three RS. I'd have the four RS and an LC and then an LC yeah. convertible. Yeah. That's those fair. are like my two favorite new cars right now. Nice. Yeah. Cool. We also had a Maserati MC twenty. Yes. For those of you who are unfamiliar, this is Maserati's first supercar in a long time. Which I was unfamiliar until it showed up in the driveway. What's going on? You good? Yeah, I just got a text message from someone. But I was thinking, I was wondering if it was the Navs car, but it isn't. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I was unfamiliar with the MC20. Actually, well, when you told us we were getting an MC20, I like researched it a little bit, and I was like, "Holy crap, this thing's going to be awesome!" And um, our particular car base price is two twelve. Ours was three fifteen, so one hundred and three grand in options, twenty five thousand of which was the matte white, the blue pearlescent paint. I don't know what the actual color is called, but Bianca something yeah. or Bianco. Something that, that just means white in Italian. Yeah, but it, yeah, um, pretty much a lot of Italian things that on that car. car obviously. Is insane, dude! So sketchy. That color was remarkable because it looked like an eggshell when it wasn't in the direct sunlight, yeah. but you shine direct light on it, and all of a sudden this bright whitish, bluish, Blue. like almost xenon color yeah. pops out. It's yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. That car was almost old school. I've never driven an old school supercar, but we we're out there with Tedward, and he's the CEO of driving old supercars. And he like was like, Yeah, I mean, this thing feels old school. Like it feels like it's from the nineties. And the way that it delivered its power with all like just so much turbo noise behind your ears and a little bit of turbo lag and when it kicks in it was another huge amount of boost it was 621 horse and some 600 something pounds another car that i was short shifting because it's a it's it's maserati's own v6 right yeah it's a brand new motor revs like 8,000 rpm or Mm -hmm. something insane you never expect a v6 to rev that high yeah so i was shifting it at like 6,500 
Mm-hmm. If you watch the review, you'll see Charlie making fun of me for shifting it early. But, but you don't. You almost don't need to rub it out because there's no, so much really torque don't. and power down low, and and it whooshes you in just such a unique way. I wouldn't say it's the most thrilling powertrain because it doesn't make much no, noise. No, it doesn't make any noise. Well, the turbos do. But yeah, the, the turbos make a lot of noise. You can have some fun whooshy noises. Your exhaust and, noise is all <laughs> sucked up by the turbos. Oh yeah, and cool, cool little flutters. Every now and again, but rear wheel drive, and yeah, if you didn't have hands on the wheel and dude, good driving it, third acumen, gear, it would. R- r- rip the rear end from you i yeah. looked back at one point just driving around the city and chris <laughs> got going and it squirreled it really did and i was like oh man you yeah. it was cool in God that bless the traction control system in that car yeah it was cool in that there are so many new cars that literally anyone can drive like yeah they're amazingly impressive when driven by a professional driver yeah but you could have your mother to just get in the seat and math the throttle and all the electronic nannies are going to take care of her and it's going to be fine this car didn't feel like that. I bet you once you really got out of sorts, the car would figure out how to save you. Yeah. But it didn't inspire that level no, of confidence. it was sketchy. The brake pedal, you'd push oh. in a quarter, a half even, and nothing, nothing would really happen. Nothing. You had to bury your foot in, and then you got this like, okay, I guess I'll slow down sort of feeling. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was a good example of how Chris and I have talked in some of our reviews that worse is better in some ways because it added character to it i really really liked that car and not only that but it was fairly comfortable just to drive around it was it 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 gave the most supercar experience out of all of the vehicles did help that i had butterfly doors and oh and i had butterfly doors yeah yeah but yeah yeah these these fixed carbon bucket seats these butterfly doors also a particularly good infotainment system with a great uh, are you getting a phone call? No, but my friend with the CX-5 just got her car back. Oh, good for her. But yeah, Her motor so has been mended. Her motor's been mended, yeah. yeah. And now she's going to trade it in on a new one so that she can get a heated steering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyways. It has a remarkably good infotainment system and a very good sound system Sonus, made by Sonus Faber. Sonus Faber? Yeah. Yep. Mm. First time they've put a sound system in a car and it's what pretty good. What do they do otherwise? Are they owned by Harman? I don't believe so. And I also... Good for them. They, yeah, they probably just do like high-end sound systems, you know, gotcha. home theater and things like that. But the second car that they're fitting a sound system into is the Maserati Gricale, or however you pronounce it. Oh, okay. So they've the got Dodge a contract Hornet. with Maserati. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tedward's driven that. And I didn't realize that the Gricale is like the size of the Levante. So it's replaced... Oh, is is it? it replacing the, the Levante? I thought it's smaller. Oh, maybe not actually. I saw one in person in LA and it looked big. I thought it was like going to be the size of that stupid Alfa Romeo thing, but it's mm. bigger. It looks big to me. It looked bigger. It looked like um, I don't know, like the size of my ML, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Let's do some investigation. I could be wrong though. I mean, it, you know how the SUV market is now. It could be like half an inch shorter, and they're yeah, making yeah, yeah. an excuse. It's like Jeep selling the Compass and the <laughs> Cherokee, and you know whatever else they have. Cal versus they they still make the Levante right Levante <clears throat> let's see Ooh, the Cali looks pretty cool so two liter turbo in line four well they say 22 Levante so do they not make the, the Levante anymore oh yeah dimensions yeah just do that the Cali is four inches shorter in wheelbase the overall length is six inches shorter okay width. so it is so quite a, a bit it's shorter. quite a bit quite a bit smaller but car. it's not like significantly smaller i mean it's not amazing but look at the weight i mean there's an 800 pound weight difference yeah so that's pretty significant yeah i just i was this is probably i thought it was going to be like smaller smaller Mm. well does the levante compete with the cayenne yeah really it's that big okay so this is more like macan 
yeah. sized. Okay. Poor person's Levante, but not really. <laughs> I think it looks interesting. Yeah, I think it looks cool. It's hard to stand out in that market these days, so good yeah. for them. For I think it's something. like a four-cylinder turbo. Also. Yeah, it is. Two liter. Yep, of course, like everything else. Mm-hmm. So I could see the MC20, if, if you're a wealthy individual and you want to so stand out us. and look cool and make a statement with your supercar and everything, get the get the MC20 over something like a Lamborghini yeah. because you're going to look different. And also, it doesn't have to, it's not all like aggressive, aggro, mean, I'm going to kill you, look at me styling. Much softer lines, more rounded edges. It's yeah. it's a It's a... A very different experience, and, you, and it'll, it'll be cool. And then it's going to depreciate a ton, and you can buy. We for should about have one in a few years, yeah, Charlie. What buy one think? for about a hundred thousand dollars, and then it'll appreciate back up. Yeah. So we'll have to buy one in like twenty twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah. yeah, that sounds good to me. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, if we don't do that, come and tell us we should. That Great. we forgot to. Okay. I was going to say something about murder or yeah, death or dismemberment yeah, or, or yeah. Okay. Anyways, cancel. Which is what what the MC20 will end up doing to us anyways. So Fair enough, fine. yeah. Well, and if it doesn't do that, we won't be able to drive it because it'll be broken and we won't be able to afford to mm, fix it. Yes. Yep. Maybe we can buy some sort of extended warranty from Maserati. <laughs> or CarMax. <laughs> oh my God. We bought a Maserati MC20 from CarMax with a bumper-to-bumper warranty. There you go. Yeah. All right. Are we missing any of the yes, rentals? We are. Yes, Rivian R1T. Oh yeah, the Rivian. I literally drove it for like 10 minutes, so I have nothing <laughs> to say about it. It's cool. I, I liked the Rivian quite a bit. Really looking forward to spending more time with it, but I'd be damned if I weren't on the Rivian build configurator being like, oh, could I afford one of these? <laughs> and it's actually less about being able to afford one, which I cannot, but also that you, even if I were to order one now, I wouldn't get it until 2024. They say late 2023, but let's be honest. For Rivian? Yeah. I'm checking the spreadsheet to make sure we didn't forget any cars. Okay. Yeah. The Rivian was also yellow. Tons of cool features. Between, we got a lot of yellow cars. We yeah, three, we did. Three yellow cars. Between the sort of mid-gate that you can open up and put things into, storage area, the frunk, the the car, um, the bed itself, the interior felt more... It, it felt like a nice balance in between a Tesla-type experience and a conventional car-type experience. It did feel quite a bit like a Tesla. Right, because you still had the big old center screen that was very Tesla-y, no Apple CarPlay, etc. But then you still had a gauge cluster that was quite functional. But you had a column shifter like a Tesla and also like my F-250. <laughs> Just saying. Thank you. But I, there was a lot to like about the Rivian. And the Topher went and did some off-roading with it, said it was remarkably capable. With the air suspension, it has... Man... I mean, a lot of hungry burps. A lot of air built up in there. Yeah. Um, Sorry, uh, ground clearance, 13.5 inches. I'm proud of you for knowing that. Chris would be very, very proud. Yes. Um, I believe you have a couple vehicles to talk about, actually, that I did not drive or none of us. All right, I guess we're done with the Rivian then. Uh, (laughs) R1T, very cool. Look forward to driving one soon. And I think it looks neat. Charlie covered everything I would have It chirps at you when you lock it. Yeah, like a bird. bird. Yeah, very nature-y. Yeah. Yes, I drove five Honda Mini Motos. We have one of them there in the back of what's this one, Peggy? That is the Honda Super Cub. Did you drive this? Yes. Ah, it was my least favorite. Oh, well, we'll put we'll put it back in Peggy. That one's interesting because it has a clutchless manual transmission. Okay. So you can shift. You have to shift, but there's no clutch. You just simply press the the kicker thing. 
but it's 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 silly because if you still have to shift anyway you might as well use the clutch using a clutch is not a difficult part of driving a manual necessarily yeah just setting off for some people yeah yeah i get that's i did realize that that like just okay yes off, it would be a yeah. little easier to get going without the clutch and you can come to a stop you don't have to worry about pulling it in but you still have to be thinking like as you're navigating traffic you're like oh i'm at the top of my rev range i gotta i gotta click yeah. so it's just a weird weird experience but uh i'm like we might as well just put a full automatic in it right the Trail 125 was the same as the Super Cub, but made for off-road. That I actually liked quite a bit, even though its top speed was only about 50, so pretty slow. <laughs> then the Honda Monkey was the most interesting to me, because I had always thought that I wanted to own a Monkey. The Monkey and the Grom are very similar. Save five-speed manual transmission, same single-cylinder 125cc motor, and same general chassis. Yeah. But the Monkey is more classic motorcycle-looking, whereas the Grom is more like weird, kind of alien-y, alien-y looking. The Monkey is awesome. I mean, it looks so cute and cool, and the materials are super premium. The handlebars a little higher on the monkey. A little bit. They kind of come out a little more at you rather than a little bit more just like straight. And the seat is big and comfortable, and they have a new plaid version for 2023. It's really, uh, really cute. Like a 70s style thing. Kinda. Yeah. Let me, um, let me bring it up here for you real fast. But it was not as engaging of an experience as i expected it's got a little bit knobbier tires so if you wanted to do a little bit more of like um kind of off-roading like exploring you could in theory but here let me show the viewers oh, now so... oh isn't that cool it's yeah it looks seat. vintage yeah exactly that's the whole rub of the monkey is it's supposed to be like very like classic still yep. yeah and chrome everywhere and stuff i mean nice really... volkswagen in the back yeah yeah there's a lot of cool things at this garage but uh, that was, and the, the seat's much more comfortable than the than the Groms. Oh, oh yeah, there's some cool things. All this oh. Honda Museum. That I should have gone with you to that. I know. If I had known it was going to be this cool, you guys all could have come oh my and God. check out everything. <laughs> That's so sick. Yeah. I mean, it's just a bunch of pristine. These were all bikes up here oh, and down here. Some concept cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some really weird stuff. I mean, this is kind of like where Honda just goes to throw things when they uh, kind of don't need them anymore. Um, where are we here? Uh, Probably a million dollar S2000 right there. Yeah, seriously. The, S, the, the CR. But <laughs> Cool, that's all of them, huh? Yeah, you can see right here if any of you are that's watching. the Grom, right? The yep, the one? Grom is more... The Grom is like a shrunken like new bike, and the Monkey is like a shrunken older bike. What is that red thing? It looks like a scooter. This, yep, this is a Trail 125, so it's the Super Cub. That yeah, well, other one looks like even more like a scooter. This is the Honda Navi, and it actually, it almost is a moped, but in a in the form it's of an a automatic. Motorcycle. Yep, it's a CVT. Yep, so that one drove very, very different. But your favorite was still the? The Grom. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I thought I was going to like the Monkey more, but the Monkey is only a one-seater, whereas the Grom is a two. And the Grom, because of its tires and its suspension tuning and kind of weight, you can... It's it's more sporty, more sporty. The monkey feels a little bit more relaxed, gotcha. and I I like to drive sporty. Was the monkey your second favorite though? Yes, it went Grom, monkey, Navi. No, sorry, Grom, monkey, Trail One Twenty Five, Navi, Super Cub. The Navi's cool because <clears throat> this bike right here, the Grom, costs thirty four hundred dollars. Okay. The Navi costs nineteen hundred dollars. Oh. So for about two grand, you can get yourself a motorcycle. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Isn't the Super Cub the thing that everyone drives in Japan? Yes, if I'm or not China mistaken, or um, Vietnam, like they just there's like a bazillion of them. It's I, like 
the most produced vehicle I was going to say, ever. if I'm not mistaken, the Honda Super Cub is the best-selling motor vehicle of all time. Yeah, they've made like a billion of them or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really, really remarkable. So that was a lot of fun. Not only did I ride all of them, shoot, shot videos on four, but then I shot one video doing all of them. So oh, I, had cool. them, I had them all right in front, and I said like pretty much, here are all the Honda mini, moto, mini motos. Why would you get either one of them? And then I just did like little two-minute long loops around the building on each one. Um, That's so cool. I'm excited to watch that. I, I am, am going to watch that because I don't know anything about motorcycles. So. Yeah, no, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Then, after <laughs> all of that and a lot of gallivanting around Los Angeles, Chris and I went to see the new Mazda CX-90. Yeah. And I'm strategically not releasing this podcast until 11 a.m. tomorrow morning so that we can talk oh, about it. We can talk it. about the CX-90. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Yeah. Featuring an all-new paint color. Artisan Red, mm-hmm. which Chris like and I a, like to refer to yeah. as uh, Teenage Goth Phase Soul Red Crystal. Yeah. Soul Crystal Red. Goth Let me say it in Gen Z speak. Um, soul Red and it's goth era. Thank you. You're welcome. This is kind of making the CX-9 irrelevant. So it's almost kind of like if the CX-9 were a long-term employee at a firm and they had been there for many years, they're, they're in their pension days, they're kind of retiring, but they're not ready to leave yet. And all of a sudden, Mazda seems to have hired a new guy. Yeah. Same position, but they say, oh, no, no, we're not. We're not letting you go or anything. But but uh, Jim here is going to come, and he's just going to be learning under you and, and kind of just helping out. Yeah. And if, if the Mazda CX-9 doesn't read the writing on the wall, then it's kind of their fault at this point. Yeah. Because the CX-9D... Is also a three-row. Yeah, it's a very functional beautiful three-row. Beautiful interior. Beautiful interior. New materials. Nice materials around. Uh, same infotainment, same Bose sound system, but two new powertrain options. One of which, two point five liter inline four turbocharged motor with a plug-in hybrid. Twenty-one miles of electric range, which is not official. I think it'll. Yeah, it's not official, it and I think it will be more Tuesday, than that yeah. uh, because it's got a seventeen-ish kilowatt-hour okay. battery. So even as even if it gets two miles per kilowatt hour which is fairly typical for a plug-in hybrid of that size to get 34 right then it would get up near 34 so i bet you in the real world you're going to see high 20s and plug-in hybrid range cool. but you can also get a 3.3 liter turbocharged inline six 48 volt mild hybrid yeah that's and gonna now, be such a great engine no more six-speed automatic we now get an eight-speed yeah mazda's so first eight-speed auto Mazda, Mazda is going from like 2012 to 2023 with yeah. this with this new CX90, so it should be pretty exciting. I think it looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a little bit iffy on the front styling because yeah. it's very flat. And the we, the headlights are more roundish rather yeah. than this sort of elongated cat like look yeah. of previous Mazdas. So I'm not a huge fan of that. But, but overall, the best thing about the CX90 is that it is a rear wheel drive biased platform, so it's able to have kind of that long low. Look, it's got a mm-hmm. longer front end. Sleek. It's sleek. Yeah. So excited for you all to see it. And honestly, you all have probably already seen it because it's already been shown in Japan and it looks pretty much the same. <laughs> so also this podcast is over an hour long. And if you have, unless you skipped directly to the end for some reason, you won't have then yeah. the, the embargo will have already dropped for the CX ninety, so you'd probably have another tab or some notification on your phone that being like, showed wow, it. new Mazda. There's yeah. gonna be a bunch of YouTubers with like, is this the best new car in existence? Yeah, like, click inline the- six, whoa, bonk, bonk, bonk. Like, I can think of one person who will be doing that. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, but we, we're we, not that way, so you're welcome for that. Our CX90 video actually starts remarkably calm because you and I are stalking that was, very, very gently. Yeah, it's, as it's we funny. Ted, uh, Tedward just texted me. He said, how'd your CX90 filming go? So I'm excited <laughs> to write back to him in a minute. Yeah. But yeah, yeah the video so, turned out pretty cool though. Did it? Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so looking forward to you all seeing that. And after look, you finish the podcast here, click off. Yeah, and go watch go that. go watch it. We are looking forward to driving it because yeah. we kind of we, we talked about it on our way out of there's nothing about this car really on the surface that should be bad. Like yeah. it looks great. Everything on the interior, like it's got a power adjust steering column for Charlie. It's got a they volume did that for knob. me. It's got lots of good um lots of good features inside lots of nice materials so we're we're thinking and <laughs> very specifically unless the steering is too heavy <laughs> it's gonna be a very good car or if the ride's too harsh or if they charge over sixty thousand dollars yes it, which they won't <laughs> but uh, we've got high hopes for the cx90 and we think it's going to be a, a really really nice machine so yeah yeah and then chris and i bathed in this well i bathed in the sun some you sat in your Did room you? I needed alone time. I was very much like... I had alone time with the sun. Yeah. But we ate some great food. So I ordered $100 worth of room service yeah. on accident. We, and then we went to a birthday party of... Was it Andrew 23? Oh, my God. You're the, the most millennial person <laughs> in the entire world. What is that uh, not his name? Alexander 23. Oh, Alexander <laughs> To be fair, though, I didn't necessarily no i I had, I had heard at least i got the number right got i wasn't like right. andrew 29 i had like, I, had heard, I had heard the name um and i i've been meaning to like see if i know the music i haven't listened to the, tried listening to the music but yeah we went out to his birthday in in west hollywood so alexander you know, i'm sure he's watching mm -hmm. yeah. um thank you for having great party yeah, yeah kudos yeah it was it was fun i didn't really see Thanks charlie the whole us. night charlie was off talking to npcs who who was that guy you were talking to he was an equinox what driver his, what can i say what was his name I don't know. What did you guys talk about? Podcasts. Actually? And Philadelphia, where he's from. Mm. What yeah. was he doing there? He lives there now. Yeah, but he why moved. was he there? Was he somebody's plus one? He, did, did he know the plays guy? basketball with Alexander23. Oh. Okay, then. Yeah, like pick up basketball like, like, like type of thing. The big yeah. baller. Well, yeah. I saw some old friends from LA, and obviously, my I was we were hanging out with my cousin and everything, yeah. and it was fun. It was a fun mm -hmm. night. Also, we learned that in terms of high-end Sunset Strip hotels, uh, the Sunset Tower is above the cafe, uh, Chateau. Hotel Mar Chateau Marmont. Yeah, in some ways, the sh I had never been to the Chateau before, and actually going into the Chateau, it was a little eerie. It was very much like haunted 50s hotel like you go into the hotel room and it has like a rounded fridge from the 50s like legitimate like not a not a fake not a replica like a legitimate fridge that's been there from the 50s all of the decor and everything is the same way it literally feels like you're stepping into the 50s which is cool like it's it's a cool unique vibe and i think that they keep it that way because it's so like the chateau is so legendary and like yeah. they don't want to update it because they're scared they're going to lose their clientele there are also a lot of people that live there there's a lot of residency wow. at, at the chateau so um I, I get it, but it's it's a little like I was in there and it was just it's a weird vibe in there. It's like mm -hmm. it's totally haunted. It's got to be haunted. Alyssa said, I want to say John Belushi died there. Who? John Belushi. Christopher. Come You're on. allowed to make fun of me. I've been making fun of you. Let me Google him. Is he an actor? Yes. John. I'm not going to explain. I hope Belushi. that you recognize. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt to recognize. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. from um, uh, Blues Brothers. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, I think she said that he died at the Chateau. Died. Chateau, 1982. Chateau Marmont. Nice job, Liz. 
Yeah. So you're right. That I mean, I'm sure many oh, people so he's died there. there. Cool. So I probably met him the other yeah, day. Yeah, I met his ghost. Great. Mm-hmm. Yep. But where Great else, trip. Where else were we? Sunset Sunset I thought it was Sunset Plaza? Tower. Sunset. Sunset? I don't know. Cool Either view way. from there. That was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, that was a cool one. But also not the craziest hotel room. I mean, it was big, a big room. Yeah, but it wasn't, right. it wasn't like, that impressive. No. As a penthouse. No. But no. the view and the, the view balcony was, really cool. was awesome and the view yeah, yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we had a great time. We got to talk about PEC, Charlie. Oh, yes. The Porsche experience. You have to excuse me. I'm getting hungry. And I know Chris has a lot of co-part cars for us to get through. Oh, crap. I actually do. Maybe I've, we'll save it for next week. No, because they're all going to be gone. Okay. All right. I've all been right, doing okay. extensive co-part. Let's just... How long have we been going for? I don't know, because we stepped out for 20 minutes to look at the lifts. But um, it's been over an hour. It's okay. People, okay. you know, there's a lot to talk about. The OGs will still be here. Porsche Experience Center LA, or what they don't want us to call it, PECLA. Yeah, they where specifically you go. told us not to call it that. And Charlie yep. just... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. It is a place you can go in the greater Los Angeles area to go drive Porsches in very intense conditions, whether it is on a driving course at higher speeds or launch controlling one or in a low friction surface area, skidding out and recovering or on an off-road course. We drove a Cayenne, a Turbo Taycan and a 911 Turbo S. They were fast, they were capable and we had a lot of fun and we highly recommend for either a birthday, other life experience or just to learn how to use a car better to check out Porsche Experience Center LA if you're in the area or perhaps Porsche Experience Center in Atlanta. Great. All right. Thank I've you, got Porsche. Some park cars. And I've got one that actually isn't a car that I've saved specifically for you. Because oh, every time I see one of these, I just think of you because I didn't even know what it was until you told me what it was. Mm. Well, let, me, uh, let me get in here. Are you logged in? No, but that's okay. Okay. Well, you I'm, might, might want to click buy it now on this is the only reason I'm... Well, I've, I've removed my deposit from... Uh, Cobra. You won't need a deposit for this one. Okay. Ready? Yes. 688-998-52. Is it going to be a snowmobile? No. Oh, it's a Suzuki, probably a Bergman. It is. But it's a Bergman 400. I don't know what that poverty means. Spec. It's um, poverty spec. It is kind of cool, It looks though. fine. It honestly does look in pretty good shape. It's got a clean title. It's 800 title. bucks. Uh, it doesn't run and drive, though, so that is a thing. That is because... Oh, nope, it does have keys. I was going to say maybe it doesn't have keys, but it does. Yeah. Um, maybe somebody dropped it in a lake. Buy it now for 800 is not bad. Yeah, it says retail value is four grand. That's probably about right. If you if you could get it fixed up, cleaned up nicely, yeah, all things considered. Hmm. And it's in Detroit. Yep. I yeah. If it weren't for the the Copra, oh, it's in Flint. Mm. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I could get it shipped here for a hundred bucks. <laughs> no, I'd just go put it in the back of my F two fifty. Oh, true. Yeah. That is cool. We'll have to keep an eye on it. You yeah. should you should keep it's on my watch it. list. Don't worry. Yeah, let me know because. Got another interesting one in Flint for you, Charlie. Very obscure. Okay. It is a car this time, though. Is it going to be a LeSabre? No. 694-543-72. This is a 2008 Suzuki SX4. You've been on a Suzuki kick. I have. Oh, wait. wait, Was the last thing a Suzuki also? Yeah. Suzuki Bergman. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, This runs and drives. It's a manual. And it's buy it now for 575 bucks. So I think we should get it and make it a race car. This would be a great race car. Yeah. It's a a cool looking little car. Mm -hmm. And probably pretty reliable being a Suzuki. I mean, it's fairly damaged, but. No, you'd be fine. You think you can open the driver door? Uh, yeah, I think so. Mm, Unless the handles busted. I was gonna say off. the handles pretty pretty well hit, but you could always climb in from the passenger. The only side. thing that 
the reason I haven't been super excited about buying this is because I feel like it'd be hard to find parts because I don't mm. think that they like really made very many of these. Yeah, you're right. This they probably only SX4. made like a couple thousand of them. Ooh, no, I bet they made more than that. Let's uh, let's see. Since we're going into this, good car, bad car, Suzuki SX4. I'm gonna say they made eight thousand. I'm gonna say they made before we look. Uh, like total in the U.S. sold. Yeah. 30. 30,000. 30, 30, You're saying eight? 8,000. Look at that. You right on the money? No, I'm, no, we're, I'm, we're way under. We're both under? Yeah. In 2002, they sold 18,000. 2003, Jeez. 19. 2004, 9. Then 8, 12. They sold it all the way up to 2012 where they were still selling 13,000 models. They made a lot of those. Where yeah. did they all go? Well, don't forget they made this hatchy one, too. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I I don't know where they all went. Scrapyard? Pres yeah, presumably. Um, no, they're probably all still running, because, like, I mean, Suzuki was just a little hardy. Okay, so uh, Charlie and I are going to be purchasing this car. Yeah, shoot, 575. That means you can make it out there for 1000 bucks. Yeah, I was going to say, let me do the calculation real quick. Yeah, it's still probably about... Only 1,500 miles. Have you looked at the... 254,000. Yeah, sorry, 151,000. Uh, have you looked at the uh, auto check? Nope. Okay, let me sign in here real quick. Hopefully Copart's not it. too angry that I haven't renewed my membership. Uh, no, you'll still be able to look at things. Okay. I have mine to, set to auto-renew, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but I'm broke, so. So am I. <laughs> Guarantee I'm more broke than you are. I don't know, you're making, you're taking a lot of, you're taking right, a see. Sales tax. 33% of revenue this month. Okay, so that means you get 66%? Yeah. 67%? Yeah. All right, we'd be off oh, Charlie. Charlie, we'd be out the door for nine forty-one. That's pretty good. We could go up and let's have it. You want to split it? Trailer's free now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and we wouldn't. Well, we would. We'd need a ramp to get it off. We wouldn't need a ramp to get it on the trailer, so it could just live on the trailer until someone puts a new ramp. It had severe structural damage in twenty fifteen. Oh God, does it have a clean title? Um, so it's been in two accidents then. Yeah, at least. Well, it's been in a collision in 2016 and 2017, oh. and then 2022. So some whoever drove this just sucked at driving. <laughs> oh, it was in Oregon as a new car. Oh, it's probably fairly rust-free then. Yeah, and then it went straight to owner two, Utah, Utah, Utah. None of the airbags are blown. It didn't go to Michigan until 2010. Also, it wasn't Oregon. It was definitely Utah. Someone watching is going to be like, wow, Charlie, you're really stupid. Um, also, if it's been here since 2010, it's definitely rusty. And then it went back to Utah in 2011. And so then, it was just like a traveling Mormon that kept crashing into things on his way back from Michigan to Utah? Yeah, plausible. Um, auction announced as frame damage in 2015. And then it was back on the road, 82,000 miles. So we should agree this 82. car should never be on the road again. So we should just make it into a race car. There we go. Rear impact with other vehicle. Nine and a month, probably not many. 2016, 2017. Yeah, someone was still driving the heck out of it, though. River Rouge. Oh, gosh. Charlie, 143 horsepower. That's pretty decent. That's potent. Because it probably doesn't weigh very much. Yeah, probably doesn't. Zero to 68.1 seconds. Mm -hmm. Is it a manual? Yes. Good. Ooh, Five left speed. front. Oh, the, all of that that happened to it, and it was totaled because of a uh, an impact with an animal. Yeah, left front there. Yeah, deer. Do you think an animal could have done that door damage? Oh, yeah, because yeah, it... Cause it, yeah, yeah, definitely. That actually makes a lot more sense because animals are soft. Mm, and it just thwacked yeah. itself into there. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to find how much it weighs. They think the estimated retail value is 4,000. That's comical. 
oh my god, Charlie, it only weighs twenty six hundred pounds. Wow, that's, that's car's a good probably power fun to, to weigh ratio. Yeah, it's car probably it's, fun. It to probably drive. feels quick. Mm-hmm. Honestly, one hundred forty three horsepower in a twenty six hundred pound car. It's like yeah. a Miata. Mm-hmm. Suzuki SX four two thousand eight. Did you just ask me again if it was a manual? No, I said with a manual. Okay. But yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, manual. Um. Review right here. U.S. News cars. You and your U.S. News. Well, they came up. Fun to drive is one of their pros. I believe it. Handsome exterior, tall structure affords outstanding headroom and great visibility. That is true. It does have a high roof line. Introduced SX4 Sport is a sedan, four-door format, great alternative, holds its own. A car driver specifically calls the SX4 the cure for the common Corolla. 40 car. Hey. Yeah. The Suzuki is hot, and with its all-new SX4 Sport, it has no plans of cooling down. Hmm. Yeah, Chris, I, I think you're talking us into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's have it. Because every Copart car has gone well for us here before. <laughs> Actually, they have, haven't they? Well, mine's just sitting out there still. Yeah, but mine, is mor- well. mine has morphed into a truck. Yeah, two yeah. trucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got another one for us? Yeah, and uh, this is an alternate car, actually. I think if you weren't interested in the, in the Suzuki, we could consider this one for a race car. All right, I will say maybe you should consider just bidding on the Suzuki and seeing if you can get it for like 400 That's true. You could. Do a minimum bid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, this one is 720. 720. 229. 229. 02. <clears throat> huh. This is a 2006 <laughs> Ford GT. Dude, this is sad. Look at one of the wheels is gone. Who did this? Who did this to this poor car? Like the door doesn't close properly anymore. Mm. We could turn this into a race car. That's what I. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. The bid's only at one hundred and thirty-six grand. Yeesh. God, it's had three owners. So sad. It's a beautiful blue color, blue with white racing stripes. It's Demiro spec, really. Yeah. Mm. First owner. Oh God. Are you ready? Mm. First owner, first owner, Rancho Mirage, California. Second owner, Woodbury, New York. Third owner, Dearborn Heights, Michigan mm. in 2013. Gone all over. Crashed on 8-20-2022. Left front impact with a tree. Left? Left front? I would think right front. I would definitely think right yeah, front. Yeah, sometimes they get it wrong. Yeah, because the right front is removed. You think they just like stuck the wheel in the passenger seat or something like that the spare the tire probably that's funny i've got two more for us and i actually have like five more but i've narrowed it down to there's only two more that i want to show okay um so here's the next one i want you to try and find the damage on this because it took me a while okay to point it out Hmm. five six seven five one four nine two this is a 2014 maserati ghibli Yes. And there are panels removed, but that's I not the damage. I found the damage. It's right here. Well, no, because that's just a removed panel. Okay. But you, right. you will need to zoom in. Mm-hmm. Wheels seem good. Chris has a much better eye. Oh, the suspension in the rear? Nope. No. Chris has a much better eye than I do for damage. We'll always walk out oh. to a car. Is it that? Is it, the, is it okay. the hood? Go to the next photo. Okay. Zoom in on that fender. It's been van- shot. Yes. It has bullet holes in yeah, it. Yeah, and I'm an enthusiast of buying cars with bullet holes in you them, so are. I'm thinking about bidding on this. Mm, just to say you did? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's a salvage title. Yes, it's in Ohio. Yeah. 
Wow, yes, and I like how they circled the bullet holes. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder why the bumper was removed. Maybe because the Copart guys are animals when they No, because I'm sure they were checking for internal damage um, to see how far the bullets went. I see. Allegedly, it runs and drives, but I would never purchase... I, that a Ghibli? Freaks. Yeah. I okay. wonder why there's a bullet hole on the top. Like, was you know, like it shooting went skimming down? across, probably. Oh. Hmm. You could use the interior for putting into another Maserati that had been like that's true damaged on the inside. Yeah. Find one that someone's been murdered inside of. Actually, you just find a flood damaged Ghibli for like five dollars down in Houston or oh, Florida or whatever, all and swap parts everything from that car. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Okay, you ready for the last mm-hmm. car? I've saved the best for last. Well, if it's not a Buick, I'm going to be really Well, I already showed you this car. Mm. Yeah, okay. so you already know what it is. alright 689-011-82. This is a 2010 Chrysler PT Cruiser. You, you like the, sorry. Special edition. Couture. Couture edition. This was a 2010 only car. And there's actually an article about this on Auto Week. Yeah, they did quite a few special edition PT Cruisers. Yeah. This is one of them with lipstick red seats. Yeah, only seats. That's it. None of the other interiors Chrysler couldn't red. be bothered to do any other red bits. You know, let me tell you why I ended up doing research on this car. Because I'm scrolling Copart, right? I click on this car because it's two-tone. And I was like, oh, this. Oh, I wonder if this is like some sort of special edition. And then I get to the interior and I'm like, oh, this is definitely not a special edition because someone just like rattle can these seats <laughs> red because they look awful. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll, I was like, I looked up 2010 PT Cruiser with red interior and there were like no results. I was like, okay, so this is definitely not a special edition. Scrolling, 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 scrolling. Finally, I see a photo that looks similar to this mm-hmm. and it's a photo from an Auto Week article from mm-hmm. 2010 and there was a press car of this mm-hmm. and... um. It's called the Couture, and all you get is red seats and two-tone paint. And I think there might have been, maybe there was like something else you get with it too. Let me see. But what I gathered from the article is that the journalist that got this car didn't know what she was getting until she landed off her plane. And when she got this, she was very cross. <laughs> the PT Cruiser was my weekend ride. When I first saw it in the parking lot with the two-tone paint, I knew this is going to be a weekend over which I didn't want to be stuck driving everywhere. It's not a flattering look on the vehicle, she says. Then I opened the door and saw the overpowering blood red interior. Normally, I'm a fan of an interior with a little color, but it is way too much in this PT Cruiser. And then she goes on to talk about how awful PT Cruiser was. I'm trying to see if there are any more details. It was. Was it Alyssa Prittle? It was Cheryl Blanick. B-L-A-H-N-I-K. Okay. Say that. Um, Let me see. Seating position's terrible. Engine's buzzy. I'm trying to find what was, wow, as tested, $19,995, mm-hmm. 2.4 liter naturally aspirated inline four, front wheel drive, four speed auto, 150 horsepower, 165 pound feet of torque. Fuel economy, 21 MPG, that's terrible. Yep. Oh, here we go. Couture edition, including leather seats, color keyed shift knob, luxury front and rear floor mats. Mm, they're missing on this one. Red body side stripe. 16-inch wheels, Mm -hmm. driver's manually adjustable lumbar support, Mm. front passenger flat seat, heated front seats, Mm -hmm. and power six-way driver's seat, and two-tone paint. Would you like to guess how much the Couture package was? Four grand. No. $1,000. Wow. That's a deal. That is a deal. Chris, maybe we should have this. I think we should have it. Is it a pure sale? No, no minimum, minimum bid. bid. But why is it 
sell it? Like, why is it being sold? This is the extent That's the damage. of the damage. Well, because it's a $3,000 PT Cruiser, and I'm sure the parts alone are three grand to fix it. You think? Yeah. Hmm. But not Charlie style, where well, you just no. hammer it out. Yeah, well, you would just drive it like that. So. <laughs> um, yeah, because... No, we should the, have that for sure. Chris, there's only 75,000 miles on this. And we look, could, we could they sell show that. it running right here with not a single engine light. We could sell that to an enthusiast for like 5K. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should have it. Are there many PT Cruiser enthusiasts? Yeah. Hmm. Someone would buy it and put flames on it. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Thank you all for listening and sticking with us this long, if any of you have. If you've made it to this point, let's give them something to comment. Uh, couture. Couture, yeah. If you've made it this long, comment mm. couture, if we're saying that right. Couture. Whatever. Yeah. Well, you're a fancy clothes enthusiast. You should know. Yeah. Going to give the listeners a little treat. Going to get crumbs everywhere. I uh, actually, yeah, I should, I should open this elsewhere. We'll be back next week to talk about the two cars that we didn't talk about in this podcast. Yeah, you want to the Kona N, which we know and love. That's why we have it, and the Jaguar F Type R Coupe All Wheel Drive. Jaguar. Jaguar. Yeah. Jaguar. Jaguar. Anyways, we're gonna have fun sliding that bad boy around. It's all wheel drive. And uh, if you've made it this far, you get to find out, uh, you get to be part of me breaking the news to Chris that uh, he's going to have to figure out a car to drive a few days this week. Why? Because we're not putting that Kona N out on the summer tires out in uh, the winterness. It's staying here? Yeah, it's going to have to. Why? Because it's irresponsible to drive a car around on summer tires and below freezing temps. It's not snowing out. It's, I don't care. We're not doing it. Okay. Yep. So Chris will have to decide which one of his cars he drives, or he could drive probably his dad's uh, Taurus SHO. I was going to say, I don't have a car I can drive, so. You own six. I know, but I can't drive any of them. You could drive the... We don't drive the Lexus. on summer tires. Right. Cobalt's on summer tires. Lexus is on summer tires. ML doesn't run. You Porsche's don't have on all summer seasons? Tires. You don't drive the Lexus ever in the winter anyway, no, right? it's on summer tires. Cobalt's on summer tires, and Roadster's on summer tires. ML doesn't run. Porsche's on summer tires. And what is my other? oh and the uh, S uh, S class doesn't have windows. Mm. So, yeah. Well, there is a, a <laughs> garbage bag for the SL possibly. Okay. Um, you could drive my F two fifty. Or realistically, you could probably drive the SHO. Yeah, I'll probably just do that. Yeah. Or you could just not drive anywhere. Yeah, that's probably what I'll do. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, we will be back at you next week to recap those cars and also bid Chris farewell to his trip to Denver. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. Where you will be driving the Sierra AT4 Ultimate. That's right. No. Mm-hmm. Nope. Wrong. Wrong. You're getting... It's not an Ultimate. It's just an AT4? Or is it a... It's some special thing. Oh, that's not called AT4X? Yes. AT4X. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's Denali, Denali Ultimate, Ultimate AT4X. Because... Yeah. GM just loves throwing on extra trims on the, the every single model, making them more intense. Kind of like the V, and then now it's V Blackwing. Yeah. Need more names. And we will have the M3 comp, uh, 50. We. Charlie Yahar, will have it. And I don't know what our other car is next week. Nothing. You don't have anything booked. Yeah. Drive Shop will get us something the morning of. <laughs> Hopefully not on summer tires. We're so Paris and Nicole. And as always... Um, L.A. on.